0: Uh, you got to admit, old Shepard's got style. Thank God, he don't... He doesn't mess around. But for those of you who are uh, wondering what style is, style, friends, is viewpoint. <laughs> Bring it up there, Larry. Which is something that uh, many people have trouble having. Also, can be trouble, too. You have a point. <speaking in> oh, sing it out again. By the way, for those of you who are curious, and there's been many writing about it for the past years, there's a set of fantastic lyrics for this theme song. However, you know how it is, Censorship <speaking in> Uh, you'll notice that the show tonight has a certain verve, an uh, éclat, uh, joie de vivre. I'd like to tell you that, uh, you know, it's like a doctor who is sitting there in his uh, consultation room and a guy comes in with a terminal case of warts. He doesn't like to have to tell him that, that this wart that he's got in his thumb is going to grow to a gigantic wart and that ultimately... Uh, he himself will be a wart with feet. He doesn't want to tell him that. And the doctor is never popular for telling a man this. No way. In fact, uh, I, I have a friend who is a doctor, and he he told me about a friend of his who learned that lesson in the oh worst, hardest, po- most mean possible way. His, uh, his specialty, this doctor's specialty, was Avard Dupois. Obesity. Did you know there are doctors who specialize in that? Very unpopular doctors. Because the disease is hated. It is accompanied by self-loathing. It's accompanied by many uh, little uh, drifting, cloudy, uh, psychological, misty, uh, flashing bits of anger that go in all different directions. It is not true that the world loves a fat man. Let's put it this way. The world never casts a fat man in almost anything unless he's playing a clown, a knave, or a private eye. And that's a very special... <laughs> that that can often be all three once in the same simultaneously. But, uh, however, uh, uh, this friend of mine was telling me about his buddy who got out of uh, one of the most eminent medical universities in in the country and he studied in Europe and he came back and he set up his practice and uh, within 10 minutes his first patient arrived a lady who couldn't all be jelly because jelly don't shake like that she came in and you could hear the beams creaking in the building and in fact uh, she she had a guy who came with her who had a small portable hand winch and they uh, they brought her up there, and I'm not laughing at her problem. She just had it, see? So she came in there, and at the same time, as she sat down in front of the uh, desk there, he had one of these elegant uh, uh, chromium Eames chairs, you know, the kind of Eames chairs, you know, the kind of the beautiful chairs. that he, he, he went all out, you know, to buy office furniture. Uh, you know, many doctors do this when they first set up practice. They get all excited about getting this IBM Multi dynamic typewriter, and they find out that typing out the bills doesn't get them paid. So uh, ultimately, <laughs> doctor's uh, furniture begins to get more and more shabby as he gets to be a better doctor. Uh, the the uh, the young doctor often has uh, oh just the most elegant, the uh, newest sort of uh, uh, hip modern with an e umlaut uh, type furniture, usually made in Denmark. Well, he had one of those chairs which he was very proud of. He had a whole set of them, see, and they were chrome chairs. They were all made out of stainless steel, chrome plated, with the with the cordovan leather back, sling backs, and all that stuff. And she sat in the chair, and he said it was fascinating. Have you ever heard a uh, an eight wheel locomotive coming to a halt with all that screaming and squealing of wheels and stuff? He says all of a sudden there's a screaming and squealing coming from in front of his desk. And he sees the lady slowly sink out of sight. He said it was <laughs> it was like the sun going down over the alpines, over the alpine passes. He saw the top of her head, and uh, finally they winched her up again, and uh, they they got her perched on one of his uh, tremendous double thick steel uh, file cabinets, and she sat there for a while. And uh, he says, I noticed that was beginning to bulge out at the sides. It's a fantastic sight. And uh, <laughs> he says, and so she whipped out of her handbag, which had a, which had a, a capacity of about 17 bushels. Uh, she whipped out of her handbag a two-pound, uh, two-pound box of assorted Baracino goodies, and proceeds to stuff them into her trap steadily as she talked. And she kept telling him she could not understand why she was so fat. Well, uh, at that point, uh, being a doctor, see, he said, to, "Well, madam," he said. Uh, you'll have to have a complete examination. It is a mystery to me, too, uh, why you're so fat. And all the while, I could hear the chopping of nougats and the, the, the steady crunch of, uh, of bitter chocolate-covered marshmallows and the clatter of upper plate against peanut cluster was uh, was going on steadily. <laughs> and so finally, <laughs> after the examination was concluded, a half-an-hour examination with uh, all kinds of little things you squeeze and bands he had to send out for a special band You know, for his, uh, his, you know, the thing that they take the blood test uh, or the uh, pressure thing? Well, it didn't go around, see. So uh, they had to send out for a special one. They got this special one from from Bellevue that they use for rhinos and things that they bring in there occasionally. So they put it around there, see, and he squeezed it up there and everything works fine. And uh, finally he says, well, ma'am, you have one basic problem. And in between time, by the way, between various phases of the examination, her man kept running out for blimpies. And he'd come back in with, uh, you know, she she had a very, very definite taste in blimpies. She liked the Italian sausage blimpy with green peppers, with grated Parmesan cheese. That was the one she went for. And she kept offering him uh, blimpies. And, of course, uh, he said, well, uh, I, I don't like to do this when I work thank you very much and she said well I don't want to let it go to waste so I might as well eat this one too so she'd eat his blimpy too you know that's problem with a lot of fat people they they order for two and then when the guy doesn't want it they eat it just so it doesn't go to waste and so anyway <laughs> it sure doesn't she was eating the paper too that they came in he said it was really something to see so uh, after it was all over he said madam you have one problem and she said what was that what please I'm desperate he says, well It's a basic problem. please, I'm so pleased at last I found someone. And he says, well, you just eat too damn much, you know. It was a dead silence. And she, as best she could, she leaped up. He says, it looked like the eruption of a Hawaiian volcano slowly erupted. So she rose heavily from the ground. And she says, I was never so insulted in my life. And at that point, she went down the stairs by aid of the winch and all the while eating baby Ruth candy bars, as she did. And in the end, he realized one basic truth from that. What is the basic truth? All right, friends, that will be the subject of next week's examination. I want you to use your intelligence in your brain, please. I am now wearing, to to explain to you why there is a certain... Uh, uncontrolled joie de vivre to tonight's effort is that I'm delighted to report that a couple of nights ago on this very same microphone uh, we reported that uh, I had received a a uh, note from one of the uh, men's apparel research corporations curiously enough they addressed me as Mrs. Shepard but uh, nevertheless <laughs> I keep getting that kind of mail but it's the first name confuses everybody you know But uh, no, well, after all, it's a French name, and you know those French don't know anything about names. But uh, nevertheless, I got this note, and it says, What is your favorite item of apparel? Well, I had a choice. Like most of us, uh, we have choices in our life. Are you going to chicken out and tell them what they want to hear, and therefore make you personally a more elegant person? Like to say, a suede buskin my favorite item of apparel, me and George Plimpton. Uh, you know, that kind of elegance, uh, that, that decayed elegance of people who sit and spend their lives next to potted fern plants, contemplating a bust of Stuart Mott. I, uh, you don't know who Stuart Mott is? Apple juice, a mile wide. So, uh, nevertheless, uh, the the question came up, you know, my head, I said, should I tell him the truth? Or should I write something like uh, my uh, after-six evening smoking jacket? Must be a damn fool. Why? So I wrote right down there what I I felt. I wrote that my favorite item of apparel, which had been stolen from my office in a terrible, uh, just a terrible rip-off, my favorite item of apparel is the painter's cap. I've always been in love with painter's caps from the time I was a little kid. You know what a painter's cap is? I don't mean the beret, you know, the classical uh, uh, French impressionist beret. I'm talking about a painter's cap. You know the kind that says Sherwin Williams blankets the world, or paints the world, or something. Has a big uh, paintbrush on the front, courtesy of the Acme Hardware Store. And uh, those, uh, those to me have have a, a genuine, definite style. It's unmistakably a painter's cap. You can't say, well, that's a that's a polo hat. Uh, you know that uh, they wear those at the Shea. No. Nope. It's a painter's cap, and and uh, and I look particularly good in them, don't I? So I now have my painter's cap on. Uh, as I reported this uh, a couple of nights ago, the Benjamin Moore Company, somebody from the Benjamin Moore crowd, heard this, and they sent me two great painter's caps. I can't wear both of them at the same time, uh, not since my operation. But uh, I I uh, I now have this painter's cap on. It's beautiful. Uh, and it is a bicentennial painter's cap. It uh, <laughs> It's, uh, you know, there's, there's a little beautiful American eagle on the side, says Benjamin, where it says, peen over all the rotten scars on America or something like that. And so I, I wear this in the office. I'm getting, uh, I'm getting an additional respect because, after all, the price that painters get these days per hour, you do get respect. And, uh, yes, uh, Mr. O'Neill uh, tipped his bowler to me in the... Because I could have called a strike, you know. I could just, uh, just, you know, just like that. I'd blow the whistle, and all every painter for miles around would be out on strike. You know what that would bring about. But uh, nevertheless, I do have my painter's cap on. It's giving me added self-confidence, and uh, I feel great about it now. And uh, if if anybody else has got any painter's caps out there that they've got bouncing around, like Sherwin-Williams, I'd like a good Sherwin-Williams. I'd like a good, uh, this is a Moorgard uh, hat. I'd like a good uh, DuPont latex. That's a good one. That was a nice one. That was done in the form of a paper mache derby. And uh, <laughs> if you out there <laughs> have any painter's caps, well, you know where to get rid of them. And you can complete Shepherd's collection. You know, every day a new painter's cap, one for every day of the week. And I'm sitting down there at the chalk. I went down there today with my Moorguard hat. Again, I got respect is a rare commodity in today's world friends rare hey uh speaking of other uh, uh you know bits and pieces that we have to pull together here today and I do feel that we should pull a few of the bits and pieces together yeah here I have it here uh, uh we did a show here a couple of months ago on uh on uh on license plates you know the slogans on the bottom of license plates the scenic state you know that kind. But uh, some guy says, well, Lucky says, Chef, that's great. You collect these, uh, you know, these license plate insignias, uh, various slogans and stuff. Uh, You know, in the last five or six, maybe ten years, there's been a a thing, a new thing that's been sweeping the country. It hasn't yet hit New York. And that is you pay an extra five bucks or ten bucks and you can get letters on your plate that say something, whatever you want. If your name is, uh, you know, if your name is Cletus, uh, you can get Cletus on there if you're a total ego, you know total ego nut you can get your name on the back here have you seen that all around okay now he says he collects them he says in California especially shows a an unexpected streak of creativity he's just come back from California and these are actual license plates that he has collected by the way I might tell you well I won't I won't tip the gap here's one how's this one uh, horse five Horse five. He says, imagine calling a horse five. He says, but horse five. Here's one, meow. How about cheers? (laughs) Here's one, wazoo. W H A Z O O. Wazoo. That's not bad. How about rebate? That was on, by the way, a 75 Plymouth Fury. So, (laughs) there's a guy who describes what he's got. How about this one? Me sad. Two words, me sad. Uh, this one, no toy. It's on a VW. It says no toy. Here's one, honey! Exclamation point at the end. We. Oui. How about this one? Try Yuko. U-C-O. I don't know what that one means. How about whiskey? And then, of course, there's one called booze. That's a, you know, common one. How about Wigsy? Here's one, SAP. S-O-T Here's a a, a really good one Lout L-O-U-T Now for those of you who don't know what the word lout means look it up it may describe many of your friends and relatives Here's one Hop In and he said that the lady that was driving this looked like she was in a business that is not necessarily officially accredited but is quite old and uh, quite popular Hop In and this one that says, I love you. Oh, God. Oh, I love you. Oh, boy. There's a guy that's just looking for a bashed in back end. How about this one? Uh, <laughs> See my car. Oh, he's got a C, and then it says, My, am I, car. See my car. Oh, wow. How about the St. Mark? Oh, a little uh, religion there comes in. Brat 3. Brat 3 Gay 1 That's kind of a good one That says it right there How about uh, Hi Ike (laughs) I just got hi Ike Here's one Tell all That's kind of good Tell all Here's one Uh, I think this one is kind of nice This would really fit here in New York Schlepp It it comes right out The Schlepp Mrs. G Mysterious lady Wearing a black mask you had black flowers on the car you know this very elegant lady Margot Rogers and thousands of just plain ordinary names well I saw one you won't believe this I saw one that was a uh, Massachusetts plate no later than three weeks ago that was simply the the word just one word it says W-O-P <laughs> now I saw that the guy goes by I, say, I says well how did he get away with that you know and, and there he goes driving on the street and he's, he's on, on Route 128 outside of Boston and uh, you know guys kept looking at his car and walking getting mad you know catching up well when they saw though that, that uh, obviously he had big flowing mustache you know and he, he, uh, he was covered with pasta it was okay see <laughs> but there it was I, I don't make the news friends. I only report it but the, one of the greatest one of the greatest uh, coups that I ever heard of came about when I, I was living for a while in Cincinnati in Cincinnati, the, uh, the license plates are made by the state pen out there. And, uh, you know, they have a factory up in Columbus or someplace where they work. All these guys in maximum security are making license plates all day long. And, uh, you know, that must be a really frustrating job to be to be in, in for life or something. And you're making license plates which are devoted. You know, what is a license plate used for? It's a, it's a passport that endless travel and freedom. Uh, you know, it's really ironical. So, these guys are making these license plates, and, and uh, I had a car out there. And when you get the plate, you didn't request any numbers or anything, they just came to you. And they used to have combinations of letters and numbers, almost like the way New York has now, like, uh, you know, X, D, Y, one, two, three, something like that. And uh, once in a while, you'd see some really elegant man from uh, the state capitol who knew you know, the real uh, the real people in the license bureau, he'd have just letters, like his license uh, would say his uh, initial, like uh, JPS or LDQ, and those were really high upshot, you know, really top guys. So <laughs> one day, out of the blue, this guy living in Dayton, just another guy walking around, citizen, he uh, gets his license plate in the mail. He opens it up, and you cannot believe what his license plate is. It is a simple, ancient, Anglo-Saxon four-letter word that relates to uh, uh, physical activity uh, remotely co- uh, related to procreation. And that was... there <laughs> <And> it was! <laughs> and, and, and it came... In that, that year, the, the license plate was particularly colorful. It was a bright yellow background and, and burning black letters. You, you, you know, you could see it for t- 30 miles, and it was a big plate. And he gets this license plate. He says, wow, you know, holy smokes. At that point, he rushes out, and uh, he, he takes his old plates off of his Studebaker, you know, conventional number, and he clamps his new plates on <laughs> with pride. <laughs> you know, this was beyond all the dreams of any license plate holder that he could get something like this. And at that point he drives out of his driveway and starts to roll down the street. And uh, he, he goes about a half a block and there's a school down the street and there's a, thousands of kids are getting out of school and they see his license and by but you know, by the time he's in the middle of the third block down the street, there's a crowd. but guys are running out, getting in their cars and they're taking pictures of the back of his car. and, and by the time he reached six blocks down, a main intersection, Five squad cars converged on him. He was he, he was given tickets for everything from from public obscenity <laughs> to indecent exposure. got and they were laying tickets on him. He kept saying, "Well, here here's my registration. Look, I got it from the state. Look, it come from Columbus. Get in a car, get in the back there, smart guy." And the poor guy, he paid. He actually had to pay. Did you know what they got him on? No, he had to pay. He had to pay fines for public indecency. says, You should have known when you got that license plate that it was a mistake. So, what do you mean a mistake? The state make a mistake? Are you kidding? Oh. It's only people that make mistakes, not the state. Forget it, buddy. And and they tried to they, they tried to investigate to discover what convict <laughs> had turned that out. <laughs> Wrapped it up, sent it off, and they never found out. So there is today, right now, an unsung hero uh, somewhere. He, he's probably still in the slam. Any guy that would uh, would put that on a license plate, he's, he's got nothing to lose, <laughs> everything to gain. <laughs> so so that, that is a true actual... story. Christians since that time now, they have tight, strict controls on that kind of stuff. That's why I wonder how that Massachusetts plate got through. I can think of some really interesting in words uh that uh, that you know that, that that the general public doesn't know the real meaning of Do you agree you know a few of those huh everybody does but uh you know <laughs> speaking of license plates I think the the funniest thing that ever happened to me one time with license plates I still to this day don't know how it happened uh, I was parked in a parking lot in Maine this is some time ago this is about eight or nine years ago I parked in a parking lot in Maine I had New York plates on my car you know I live in New York so I had New York plates I came back out of this this was a huge supermarket complex they had the uh, hardware stores and Zare uh, discount stores and the whole bit there you know and, and about an hour or maybe two hours after I parked there must have been 12,000 cars in this parking lot I came out of the, came out of the store there and I'm looking for my car I walk up and down the line and I, I see these you know all the cars and I know where the car was but I can't find my car can't figure it out and so I go back in the store and I come back out again I said now I'm going to start all over again now I know that I turned slightly left now I'm going to try it again so I walk down that long line of cars and there was a car there in fact there were several cars the car that I happened to have at the time was a was a car of which there were many around it was a little unusual, but there were many of them around. It seems like a contradiction, but it can be true. You know, there are many Jaguars, yet the Jaguar is an unusual car. So, finally says, I can't believe it. And I looked in this car, and sure enough, inside the car was a pipe. I have a pipe. I, 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 my pipe was in there. I go back out and I look around. There are main license plates on this car now. I go back out again. I look and go and Then I got my key. See, so I take, I put the key in the thing. I says, this can't be. So I put the key in the in the door. Sure enough, the door opens up. I get in and It's my car. There's all my stuff in You know, bottle caps in the back seat, and the, you know the. Yes, it's my car. Absolutely my car. I open up the the glove compartment, and there's my junk in there. I, oh, I, my glove compartment is like Fibber McGee's closet. Uh, you don't dare open it because the stuff just leaps. you get hit by wrenches and uh, and uh, air pressure gauges and uh, decks of cards and footballs and books of matches and junk It's my car I said what the hell so at that point I get back out of the car and I walk around again and there it is two absolutely matching very official looking main license plates to this day, I don't know what happened. <laughs> I, I, went, I went to the... I didn't know what to do, see? So at that point, I says, well, I'm not going to... You know, I, I knew what would happen if, if I went down to the local slammer and told them about that. They'd confiscate the car and they'd put on an APB and the whole bit, see? So I just drove around with the main license plates. I don't know what it was. It could have been an axe murderer, you know? <laughs> but I drove around for about two weeks with the main license plates and finally, uh, when it was all, all said and done, I, I drove back to New York with the main license plates. And finally, I got to the garage and, where I keep the car, see. And I drove in. And this guy says, all right. He says, oh, pull it over there. I'll give you a check. I says, it's me. It's me. Don't you remember me? He says, uh, yeah. What would you do? Get a new car? I says, no, this is my car. He says, what the hell's with the with the main plates? I says, I've got my raisins. And, you know, I like to have a little mystery in my life. He says, oh, oh, Okay. No questions asked, no questions answered, right? I said, that's right, Luigi. And so at that point, <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, by the way, there's a myth around the garage that uh, that this guy with this sinister-looking car in the corner there, you know, that foreign car, is up to no good, you know, that he's got a button that he presses on his, he's got a button that he presses on the uh, dashboard and the plates change, throws tacks out the back. <laughs> I've always wanted to have a car that did that you know you press a button it throws four pounds of carpet tax behind you but that'd be a great uh, accessory by the way so uh and, and I all I did then was, was uh, call up the uh, call up the license bureau see? and I said to the license bureau I says I, I have a very difficult problem I know how to explain it to you and they uh, I says uh, somebody took my plates off my car and put some main plates on and they said oh really are they are they valid main plates and I said yes and uh so uh, they says what's the number on them? I says well uh, here and I gave him the number. And he said, oh fine, well you just send them in, send them in, and be sure to send a note with it, and we'll send you back a duplicate set of plates, five dollars please. So at that point I said, the plate I never knew, I never learned what happened, you know. So so the license plate is a uh, is is today with many people uh, one of the last avenues of artistic expression. And uh, the license plate, uh, you know, has has a certain uh, uh, mystique about it. Uh, what what license plate, for example, has a... Uh, all right, here's one. What license plate is made in the shape of the state that it represents? Hey, listen, speaking of licenses, I know one guy that uh, has collected all his uh, driver's licenses from the time he was 16, got his first lunar's permit. And he has them all. He's about 108 now. And uh, he carries them all with him. And when any time somebody comes up and says, uh, you know, a guy looks in the window, this, uh, this guy with the big hat, looks and says, all right, come on, buddy, let me see your license. Give me your driver's license. He reaches into his glove compartment and takes out this great big package and says, which one? And he hands him out there. And the guy says, I want the 1975 license, smart guy, not the 1916 license. But uh, he's got a great collection. We're going to skip that one. Don't, don't get confused, gentlemen. So, uh, he... uh, I know another guy, by the way, that has collected... Oh, there's all kinds of great collections. You know, I know a guy that collects uh, bus transfers from all over the country. You know, bus transfers. You know, this little green piece of paper they used to give out in the buses? He collects his bus transfers and and tokens of various types. Of course, with the way uh, New York City tokens are going, they will be worth endless amounts of money eventually. I mean, one ride on a subway could go for $30, $40. And, uh, you know, you could have them made into keychains and stuff. Would you please bring it up there, You notice? Joie de vivre. Elan. possess, And it all came about because of my great new Moorgard hat. It's a terrific hat. And uh, yes, it's got a flexible bill on the front there. And uh, I think I'll go out do those little freelance barn paintings. Remember the little barn painting there? Hang it up there, please. How about this license plate, Wigsy? Oh, that's, that's a little cute. I mean, you know. Oh, by the way, I, I saved the last one, for last. There's a guy that has a plate in California that says, I hate you. <laughs> to you, of course, is the letter. I am the only truthful driver on the San Diego freeway. You know California, buddy. You got no friends. I <laughs> love